Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And we're into extra time. Kia ora and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Stephen Hewson. After steadfastly saying he wanted to stay in the job, New Zealand football president Derek Shaw has today resigned in the wake of a damning review into the governance and culture of the national body. The independent report released last week by employment lawyer Philippa Muir was critical of Shaw's leadership of the past three and a half years and also of his handling of former chief executive Andy Martin, who resigned suddenly in June. Shaw had initially indicated he wouldn't stand down despite the review findings. That review was also critical of former Football Ferns coach Andreas Heraf, finding that he repeatedly bullied players and staff. Heraf resigned in July. We're joined now by our football reporter Clay Wilson. Clay, what's brought about this change of heart from Derek Shaw, given he was so adamant he wanted to stick around? Well, I guess initially in the wake of the review, like he said, he decided that he wasn't going to step down. And I think for him that was about taking ownership of the the findings and that New Zealand football and the executive committee were going to do something about it. I guess what's happened now is he's gone out and spoken to the stakeholders of the game, uh, the football federations, the people in the football communities. And while he stressed that he's had a lot of positive feedback about what's um, the moves that New Zealand football have taken in the wake of this review, um, he said some of the feedback he received was that sometimes when these things happen, that it's best, it's a better look, it's easier for the organisation to move forward if the head of the organisation falls on his sword and steps down. He actually confirmed, um, sorry, compared the situation to this, a situa- situation at Fletcher building earlier this year when Sir Ralph Norris uh, stepped down in the wake of a pretty damning result at that company. So I guess he's seen that it's best for the organisation. He stressed he really cares about New Zealand football and he thinks that um, because of the review and because of his place as part of what's uh, come out in this review, that it's best for him to, to move on. But he still definitely wants to stay involved. It's taken, uh, taken him a while to get to that point, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I guess it has. And there was certainly uh, a strong um, opinion out there that he should have fallen on his sword straight away. And I can certainly see that logic. Uh, it was a very damning review, not only into the board and the organisation, but Andreas Haraf and... I guess Derek Shaw oversaw a lot of those things. Um, so there was certainly an argument for that, and perhaps he should have fallen on his sword straight away. But I guess the main thing for the people in football in this country is that uh, the result that most people wanted um, has been reached. Um, he's going to move on. And I think it's a better look, if, if nothing else. But you can't um, certainly look past what's happened under his watch, and it's probably a better thing for everyone that he's going to move on and someone else will step into that role. Do you get a sense that the level of the review and what it found was possibly more damning than they expected? I think I think probably they were very um, aware that it wasn't going to be great, but there was certainly a sense when these findings were released last week that not only sure um, interim CEO Andrew Pragnall, um, even reviewer Pip Muir, were surprised, but the New Zealand football staff especially, and obviously they've bore a big brunt of the criticism, they definitely 
didn't expect that the review findings were going to just uh, be so scathing, I guess, so damning of the organisation. There really wasn't much positive. There was a, a little bit about what the work the staff have done and the financial situation, which um, I guess is a part of what Andy Martin, one positive legacy that Andy Martin left. But apart from that, it was very, very um, damning. And although I guess um, it's uncomfortable for those people, um, you really do have to think that you've got to get everything out in the open and be really open about things to, to move on. So um, I think it's going to take a while for, for trust and integrity be, to be rebuilt and for confidence, especially in New Zealand football staff, um, to, to come back and get the organisation moving again. So where to now? Well, I guess it's about implementing these findings now. We're going to have an, an interim CEO and also now an interim president of the board. Um, so these are people that are, uh, I guess, coming in fairly fresh in their roles. But really it is about implementing these findings, um, which is not going to be easy um, just practically, but also financially. Uh, these things all cost money. So that's another uh, other decisions they've got to make about which ones they do first and how they how they get to that. Um, the football ferns, are, of course, are a central part of this review. They've got an Oceania Nations Cup coming up, which is World Cup qualifying for them. Um, so that's just around the corner. So uh, there's a lot to, to get through. But I think probably starting off with implementing some of these, um, these committees and getting some HR people in around those things. Um, and also, you know, the football ferns especially have to play a central focus here, making sure that that team can move on and put a line in the sand. Um, but uh, how long does this take? Well, it's really so hard to say. There's so many, 22 recommendations here. So how long will it take? I'm not sure. But you would hope in the long run it's going to be for the betterment of uh, football in New Zealand. You mentioned earlier there that Derek Shaw has said that he'd still like to be involved in some some manner. Is is that possible even? I'm not sure. He seems to think that he had a lot of support out in the football community and a lot of people who were thankful for things he'd done. Whether that's true or not, I guess um, it depends on who you talk to within the football community. But he definitely did say that he had strong relationships within Oceania and within FIFA especially. Um, then if people wanted him to assist or wanted his advice, he was willing to give that. Um, how that actually plays out and if that happens <laughs> remains to be seen. Um, but I guess if someone who's overseen so much turmoil at the organisation, you have to feel that he has to be fairly well disconnected from it for some time. Um, so we will see how that plays out. Um, but he certainly expressed a, des a desire to, to, to stay in touch with football and, and help out if that help was wanted, which is the big question there. Traditionally, too, for football, they, they do have their, their issues. I mean, disparate groups seemingly unable to, to come to, together at, at many times. Um, I mean, does this just simply, I suppose, underline that, but also it would seem there's just such a huge rebuilding job needed for the organisation? I mean, how, how might it even look in the future? Any idea? Yeah, well, that was one of the big things that Shaw stressed in terms of what needs to happen for... Um, for New Zealand football to be able to move forward was one of the key things was building relationships and I guess more transparency between the board and management and the staff at New Zealand football and then I guess the stakeholders. There has definitely been a feeling that the stakeholders, the board and the management and staff at New Zealand football have really operated as three separate entities and not really worked 
very cohesively together, and that's what's brought about a lot of these, um, a lot of people being unhappy in various sectors, and a lot of things being left unsaid or not told to certain people, and that's what's led to a lot of these problems. So that was a big thing, is about really having those three big parts of the New Zealand football community work cohesively um, together. And once they're all talking to each other and there's transparency and everything is out in the open, um, then people can people can move forward and no one's in the dark and there's no talking behind backs. Um, that certainly seems like what's been happening for the last uh, few years at least. Um, so it, it would seem a big part of the repair job, yeah. The New Zealand men's rugby league sides hoping some hometown advantage would help them break a five-match losing streak against Australia. Rebuilding after last year's disastrous World Cup campaign, the Kiwis host world champions Australia for the first time in New Zealand in four years at Mount Smart Stadium this weekend. The game's part of a triple header with the New Zealand women and the junior men's teams also squaring off against their Australian counterparts. Clay Wilson reports. New Kiwis coach Michael Maguire is backing youth to take the team forward. Maguire raised plenty of eyebrows this week by naming 23-year-old Dallin Watani-Zelezniak to fill the vacant captaincy berth for tomorrow's test against the Kangaroos and a three-test series in England to follow. Maguire would dearly love the Kiwis to break their five-match losing streak against their arch-rivals. But the Australian native admits the appointment of Watani-Zelezniak as skipper and other selections shows he also has a firm focus on long-term success. Yeah, we, we live in the now, I guess, but I'm also looking to where we want to go with the team, and I think the future is in uh, a lot of the younger guys, uh, and you can see that by the names that I put on the sheet there today, and I think just the character, and when I talk about how he does things off and on the field, plays a big part, and uh, you know, the, they're the things that I want to make sure that we value high with him where we're going with the team. No one in the Kiwis camp is expecting the fullback with just seven test caps to shoulder the entire leadership. Maguire says senior players who could have been considered captaincy contenders are lending the Penrith Panthers star their full support. Not that he doesn't have the pedigree to lead. Watani Zelezniak hopes to emulate his great-grandfather Steve Watani, the Kiwis' first Māori captain in 1936 and the team's only player to become a Member of Parliament. I didn't get to meet him, but I hear a lot of stories that my aunties and uncles and, and Nan and the, uh, those people um, say to me, and he led on and off the field, and um, that's probably something that I, I'd love to do as well. Not in Parliament, but like, <laughs> lead on and off the field. That desire to be a role model is not limited to the Kiwis. A star member of the Brisbane team which claimed the inaugural NRL Women's title this year Kiwi Ferns forward Tawila Fotumuala says their motivation will be just a few feet away in the stands. We're all from local clubs and no doubt there'll be you know, children out there from, from the same clubs as us and they have people to look up to. You know, If they see us at their local club then they know that they could be us one day and we just hope to keep inspiring and it's cool because it's just, yeah, we're at home. That return to New Zealand soil hasn't alleviated fears of a low turnout, with a crowd of around 15,000 expected tomorrow. Papakura Rugby League Club member Chris Yates says there was no way his family was missing the chance to meet the players at this week's fan day. Yeah, it's very really exciting, eh? especially for bringing the kids along and uh, good to see some of their players they watch on the TV you know, every week on the NRL, so it's really exciting yeah, to see them all. Eh? Now it's just up to the teams to repay that support. And while the Kiwis' chances of doing that are boosted by the retirement of and injuries to several world-class Australian players... Kiwis playmaker Cody Nikorima says they've paid little attention to the new look kangaroos. To be honest, we're more worried about ourselves and what we can control. Obviously we can't control 
who they put on the park. So as long as we know our roles amongst our team and give it our best come Saturday, then um, you know we should do it. Right. If that equals victory, expect to hear plenty of this ringing out around Mount Smart Stadium tomorrow night. Meanwhile, tomorrow's triple header also provides the New Zealand women's team with a chance to break their own drought against Australia. The clash between the Kiwi Ferns and the world champion Jillaroos comes in the wake of the inaugural National Rugby League women's competition, which included a host of New Zealand players. Named player of the tournament at last year's World Cup, Tuila Fotumoala was one of several Kiwi Ferns who played in the title-winning Brisbane Broncos side. In amongst signing autographs at this week's Fan Day in central Auckland, she told Clay Wilson the New Zealand players are excited at the rare game on home soil. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's like I've, I've never played, you know, uh, it's like our first time playing here at home and it's awesome to have, like, every, or know what the support's like back here. We're always in Australia and you know, it's hard to get, um, you know, some Kiwi supporters out there. But, yeah, it's, it's just I feel safe, feel comfortable when we're here at home. And, you yeah, know, just the, uh, the Kiwi culture, it's, it's you know, it's... Um, yeah. Does it make it hit home more seeing all these fans here? They're here to support you, and yeah. going to be going to be there hopefully on Saturday. Yeah, um, it, it does because we're all from local clubs, and you know, uh, no doubt there'll be you know children out there from from the same club as us, and they have people to look up to. You know, if they see us at their local club, then they know that you know they they could be they could be us one day, and yeah, it's. it's it's, we just hope to keep inspiring, and it's cool because it's just, yeah, we're, we're at home. Yeah, it's cool. Looks like lots of little girls out here today as well. That must yeah. be awesome for you guys to see. Yeah, um, you know, that that's always, um, that's why we do it. Yeah, it's inspiring our little girls, our your little daughters, um, and just giving them a pathway. You know, there is a pathway to league, and um, it's, it's awesome to, to see all the little girls actually interested to come to, you know, rugby league. Rugby league's not feminine. Um, and it's usually looked, you know, down upon, but you know, it's it's cool to see um, your parents encouraging their daughters to come out. Yeah. Is it extra special given that you're going up against Australia? Obviously, yep. you know, you're you're arch rivals and the team you everyone really likes to see you go up against. Yeah, we we never like to lose against Australia. They're yeah, arch rivals for years, and um, we'll hope to make you know our home proud. You know, they're they're on our home too, so it's extra special. Thinking that you know they never, we don't want to lose at home, and we just we have more of a home advantage. So hopefully that our supporters can get up for us and help us get to the end. Yeah. You're gonna have some family and friends in the crowd tomorrow. Oh, definitely. Um, you'll probably see, you'll probably hear them before you see them. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, yeah, cool. Like we got everyone coming out. So and, and and it's the first time that you know a lot of my family can come. Yeah, so it will be awesome. Yeah. Obviously had the NRL comp this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. How much has that done for this team? Oh, it's. I was just saying, and I was just reflecting over the weekend that what's done to this team, it's, it's brought a lot of. Um, it's. It's it just. Because we've stayed, uh, usually in previous years, we usually stay together throughout the whole year and just. We're learning the same thing, but whereas we come from our different NRL clubs, we all bring something different, and it's. And it's awesome to see that, you know, what we learn from our clubs, we can. The main goal is to come and come over here and smash the Aussies. Yeah. That's Kiwi Ferns forward Tuila Fotumoala speaking to Clay Wilson. The former Silver Ferns coach Yvonne Willering says the current side simply lacks depth. The Silver Ferns head into Sunday's Constellation Cup test in Hamilton 2-0 down on the best of four series after losing the second test to Australia 56-47 in Townsville on Wednesday. 
Yvonne Willering told Morning Reports Guy and Espera she was disappointed with that result. Yeah, it was, uh, and it's not good enough, uh, but unfortunately that's the position that the Ferns find themselves in. You know, they showed in glimpses that they are good enough, you know. We're getting to a stage where we're saying, you know, are the Ferns actually up to it? And they are. I mean, they were 6-0 down at the start of the game. They clawed their way back into it, and even going into the last quarter, they were still pretty competitive. And then Australia, they know how to win, and they just took it to the Ferns. And uh, the one thing it does show us, though, is that we have got limited, really experienced players because the Ferns kept the same team on and they needed to. Yeah, I was going to talk about that uh, last quarter. That's where the Diamonds really pulled away. What is that down to? Is it down to fitness or...? No. No, because in the past, we've actually won the last quarter and the Australians were very aware of that, uh, that uh, normally the Ferns have a tremendous fight back, in, mm. particularly in that last quarter. No, I just think that uh, Australians as, as a whole group, um, they again, they made two changes, but the changes they made were tactical ones. And I guess that's also out of respect to the Ferns because the game wasn't won until that last quarter. But it's just, you know, like we made some crucial errors in that final quarter and Australia Australia is so quick to that loose ball. And I think at the moment, at times, we are score-driven. We're so desperate for a win. What We've had, what, nine losses in a row now. Mm. We're so desperate for the win that sometimes we lose sight of that individual performance. And at that last stage, at crucial moments, we still made the mistakes. Mm. So relatively new coach, still Nolene Taurua. How are we tracking? Yeah, uh, it's a tr- isn't it an interesting one? You know, in, in the past, you know, everyone used to benchmark against the Ferns, and now we're looking as to how we're going, and obviously against Australia in this situation, and it's a sad way to be in. But unfortunately, that's the way it is. You know, can we see Nolan Taru's influence? Yes, we can, in the fact that you know she's demanding that excellence. You know, but she can only do so much. At the end of the day, it is about the players out on court. Now, when they sort of had the mistakes at crucial situations, that's within the players' care. This is nothing to do with the coaching. You can't holler that from the sideline. So that's where the players have to step up. At the moment, I think some of the players are still playing as individuals. That needs to change. And certainly, like in the shooting circle, the falau salbu record combination is quite new, particularly with Falau playing at goal shooter. I guess that takes time to develop. It's just a shame that we're doing this development work in the Silver Ferns and not obviously at a tier below that and uh, in different situations because we have now become desperate for the win. Ferns have to win at least one game in the games that are now being held both in Hamilton and in Wellington. We need to win one of those games, and I think it'll give a little bit more respectability to our whole situation. Yeah, well, that's where I wanted to finish this, uh, talking about morale, because it's hard to keep it when you are losing, isn't it? What do you do as a coach, and perhaps this goes to the captain and to the to the leaders in the whole squad, to actually uh, bring that confidence back and get out of that spiral, if you like? Yeah, I think they've come up from the Commonwealth Games. I think that was a real low, uh, particularly, and no disrespect to Malawi, but, you know, having that loss against Malawi, which was so unexpected, and it really went downhill from there. And you could see that physically and mentally as well. Whereas now, at least the players are trying. Part of that has to be due to Langman's presence out on court. What, she's now played 146 test matches. She demands excellence from those around her. Um, and I think that also is reflective of the team. Um, so I think... The 
the morale probably within the team isn't too bad. I think it's the netball public that were quite happy about doing the development work, using the word development within the Silver Ferns. It, it, you know, it was tolerated because of the situation we found ourselves in. But now I think the expectation is, OK, you've had your settling in period, you've had your honeymoon phase, we now want results. And really, when you're wearing the black dress, it is about results at the end of the day. So we are going to really want a win from this next two games, obviously preferably two, but uh, I think that even just one will will lead us well going into the World Champs. If we lose both games, oof, you know we're in a situation saying, do we actually have the strength within our country to match it at the World Champs? And we're talking gold medal. We're not just talking about podium finish. That's former Silver Ferns coach Yvonne Willering. The Black Ferns Sevens side gathered in Tauranga this week to prepare for their first tournament of the World Rugby Sevens Series. The team will be looking to go one better this season after finishing runners-up at or to Australia last time. The series has grown to six tournaments, starting in California next weekend. Black Ferns captain Sarah Goss told Bridget Tunnicliffe they're hoping the new tournament will attract good crowds. Every tournament we go to, we hope for a big crowd. That means that people are following and um, and wanting to continue to watch women's rugby. So um, obviously the bigger... Uh, like uh, America is a big place and um, obviously hopefully then a lot more people will come as well. Having that extra tournament this year, is that important for the development of the game? Yeah, um, so obviously from five to six World Series tournaments is good for us. We want to be playing. Obviously we don't want to be professional trainers, so um, to be able to start our World Series a little bit earlier is great for us as well. And how tight is the competition for positions? It's extremely tight. I don't know how the coaches make their decisions. Um, obviously, everyone puts their hand up and everyone's been working really hard the last four weeks, So, um, which is great for our environment and um, great for the success of our team. Outside of the likes of Australia, who else do you see as your main threats or, or countries that um, are showing a lot of potential? Oh, you'll see the likes of France. They obviously made the World Cup final, and um, although the score didn't reflect... Uh, the score definitely didn't reflect on how they play against us. They're a tough team. Obviously, still Canada are up there. Um, England have some great talent coming through. And it, like every every time you play um, against another country, they stand up against the black jersey. So it's, it's pretty tough every um, game we have to play. Do you think countries are improving quite rapidly because it's still quite a young sport? Yeah, I think so. Um, like then obviously our sport's still improving as well, so um, we want to be the drivers of um, making change and making our sport better. So it's going to um, continue to grow, and hopefully we're still all around when it does. How hard do you have to work to stay um, to stay really competitive and stay at the top or be near the top? <laughs> really hard. Some days you go home and you're pretty naked, but that's just good because you want to keep getting better. And obviously at trainings these days, we're uh, training against the best players in the world. So it's pretty tough to, um, you can't slack off at any time. I think the last World Series and that that World Cup um, broke records in terms of um, uh, broadcast audience and crowds and and all that. Why do you think Sevens and the women's game is proving so popular? I think just because it's fast, it's quick. It's exciting. Uh, games are only 14 minutes long, so you can't turn away and go get a coffee or something like that because you're going to miss the whole game. So that's what makes it so much more exciting. Um, and like we've got some of the best athletes in the world playing seven, so people want to actually tune in and watch us. So um, 
I think the more that the girls continue to grow their skill base and um, it's just going to get better and better and people want to keep watching it. So this year's Series X is a principal qualification route for the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. You'll need a top four finish to um, secure a place there. Does that add extra bite? Uh, no, for us, like we want to continue to grow and um, continue to be successful. So, like we, we, like our coaches have been thinking about the qualification process. But for us, it's well, one step is about actually making that twelve on Thursday because that's pretty important for the girls. And then to continue to grow over the World Series and and dominate on top will be um, what we're really focusing on. What do you think is the most important thing you need to do to go one step further and and win the series this year? Uh, obviously start pretty well uh, last year we didn't we um, got fifth at the first tournament so we want to be better a lot better than that um, come next week and I'm sure that we will with the girls have been training really hard over these last four weeks and um, like hitting times that they were hitting pre-world cup so we're in a good space at the moment. That's Black Ferns captain Sarah Goss the team head to the US this weekend and that brings us to the end of extra time for another week on behalf of the Extra Time team, I'm Stephen Houston. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.